You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, it is my privilege to welcome in the athletic director of Purdue University, Mike Bobinski. Mike, welcome to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. How are you doing? Great. Adam, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I know you are a very busy man up there, especially this time of year, so very grateful for your time today. Let's uh, talk about what's going on right now. It's an exciting time because we actually at least have football right now in your world up there for sports. At least we have something. Obviously, we'd love to have all the uh, fall sports going on right now, but this is where we are at with the COVID challenges. But talk about the excitement of actually having uh, some football to watch right now. Well, it was, you know, it was great last Saturday, uh, even though it was different. It was sort of surreal to be in Ross-Aid with, you know, just literally a smattering of people. But, but the opportunity for our team, uh, our coaches, and everybody to actually compete is something that they have invested a whole lot in uh, in order to get to that point successfully. And uh, obviously, we were without some key pieces, our head coach and, uh, <laughs> and a few others for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I can tell you that the excitement level uh, for our guys, the anticipation leading up to game day, and then the, uh, the pure sort of joy after that game was over, and we were obviously fortunate enough to win, was, was, was something great to see and something we've missed for a long time here. We, we hadn't had a competition since March. Uh, that's the last time we've done anything. And so, uh, you know, there was no certainty that we were even going to get to that point, but it, it certainly felt good when we got there, no, no doubt about it. Yes, for sure. Just getting to see him out on the field and being thankful for that. But a win always helps it even make it a little, a little more sweeter, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. No, no denying that. And remarkable too. You mentioned, you know, no coach, the head coach isn't there. You're yeah. arguably your best players not there and a couple other injuries and guys not there and still able to maintain that poise and, and, and come back and win that in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we, we chose to take the hard way uh, to, to, to victory there on Saturday. And, and you know, it, it, was, it was a hard-fought game. I was always, a, you know, extremely well-coached and well-prepared and, and hard-nosed team. And, uh, and they were all the above on Saturday. They made, you know, they made some mistakes that are uncharacteristic. And, you know, to our credit, we took advantage of them. And, and we're in a position to win down the stretch. And, and we're able to finish it off, which was, which was a great way to start the season. It, I mean, without no – no way to deny how, how good that felt uh, to get off, get off the, uh, you know, get it started with a, with, with a late fourth quarter win was a, was a really good feeling. And kudos to Aiden O'Connell. I know a lot of people are maybe surprised by the fact that he started, but that he also not only started, played the whole game and finished the game. And made, I, kudos to him. He maintained his poise. I know there's a couple of times in the game, myself included, like maybe should they change it up just to see if that changes the tempo or anything, but they stuck with him and it, and it paid off. Right. Yeah, you know, if, if, if Aiden is, it, above all, he's a really composed young guy who doesn't let whatever happened on the previous series or the previous snap sort of affect the next one. And that's, uh, that showed itself, I think, yet again uh, in, 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 down the stretch there on, on Saturday because he'll be the first to tell you, you know, he wasn't perfect, particularly in the middle of that game. You know, he had some, he had some rough series out there where it just wasn't, it wasn't working the way he'd like it to. Uh, but you know, I think his teammates have great confidence in him. I think, as they do in in Jack and in Austin Burton, I think we, you know, we're fortunate this year. Where I think we've got legitimately three quarterbacks that we feel like could run out there and 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 do well for us. Aiden happened to bubble up to the top, but uh, those guys pull for each other in a really unique and 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 cohesive way, which is not the way it always is. But uh, but boy, he really he's really good under pressure. Aiden is, and uh, we we saw yet another example of that on Saturday. All right. 
Well, again, thankful that we're going to actually play some games, and yeah. Purdue has been uh, very fortunate and blessed to have uh, no players test positive and outside of Coach Brahms last week. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to maintain that, you know, the low rate there uh, for sports, and, of course, the team, like I said, with zero tests. Unfortunately, not the case up in Madison, and yeah. we're already seeing the effect of that with their game being canceled this weekend against Nebraska. Right. Any concerns as you see that news of what it can mean going forward, especially since Purdue plays Wisconsin the following week? Yeah, you know, I feel obviously really badly for both Wisconsin and Nebraska not, not being able to play the game this week. Everybody has invested lots of energy and time and, and discipline and, and, and given up lots of things in order to get ourselves to this point of being able to play and to have, to have an, uh, you know, the number of cases that Wisconsin had where they felt it was the smart thing to do to shut down for this week is uh is a shame i mean it really is i know but nobody feels good about that they're obviously they're a really good team they're always a really good team and 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 they want to play football i mean I, they, they didn't do this uh for any reason other than they must have absolutely been convinced that this is the best way to contain uh any further outbreak uh, and and that's really the key to, to our ability to play next week is containing uh the, the, the any further transmission within their group if they're able to do that uh, and their numbers come down and, and their rolling averages are, are in a better place come next Tuesday, uh, then my guess is we'll play that game at, at, up at Wisconsin next weekend. That's our hope for sure. Uh, and I, and I, I'm certain that that is Wisconsin intention, Wisconsin's intention. They, you know, they, they, they are not looking to not play games. They've worked, we've all worked too hard <laughs> to get to this point to try to not have games happen. They'll, they'll, do, every, they'll do everything possible uh, as long as it's safe and as long as they're putting their guys in, in a good position to be able to play next weekend and we're hopeful that will happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hopefully that is the key. Let's, let's ruin one game to hopefully save the rest. Hopefully yeah. that will work across the board for the big 10. And of course, across the, all the, all the conferences, um, kind of moving exactly. forward or looking forward towards winter. Um, I know, you know, obviously basketball and these other sports are starting to practice. Um, what's your hope that we'll be able to see a, a fairly normal winter sports season? Well, I think uh, you know the the next the next up are the two basketballs, men's and women's basketball. They are they are practicing. They are they are now undergoing the same daily testing uh, regimen that football has been doing since September 30th. Uh, so that's a that's a good thing to again to help manage the transmission and to keep it contained so people don't become infectious uh, or we or we catch them before they get to the infectious stage so it doesn't spread any further. Uh, but, but I'm hopeful that basketball will. We'll come off well. Uh, we're, we're excited about both of our teams. Uh, you know, there's still lots of unknowns about uh, really finalizing schedule. We're close on the men's side. I think we're still working through it on the women's side. Uh, whether or not we'll be able to play in front of any any fans is is yet to be determined. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of things yet to figure out. But but I'm I'm optimistic that we will have a a really good and, and complete basketball season. You know, complete being less than a regular year but complete based on a sort of the shortened version that's been uh, put forward this year. Uh, and that's, and, and again, that will be, I think, good for us. I'm, I'm, I think we'll be, we'll be really competitive. The league on the men's side will be maybe the best uh, big 10 men's basketball collection of teams that we've ever had. I think uh, there are 10, maybe more teams that I think legitimately have a chance to be really, really good. And that uh, should make for some entertaining uh, contests during the winter. And I just hope some people can see them. That'd be, that'd make it even more fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love basketball so much and yeah. excited for Coach Painter and Coach Versa, you know, their young squads they got and just the bright future those programs have. So hopefully we get to see that. And yeah, I mean, 
fans, especially I probably obviously because of COVID won't be able to be sellouts, which obviously is the advantage we have at Mackey arena right. with how loud it can get in there. But just even be able to have some in there would obviously, I think still make an impact. Yes, sir. It absolutely would. And I mean, we're hopeful, um, but you know what, that, that'll all depend on circumstances that we can't control. You know, we've got to, we've got to do what we can do and the environment around us will ultimately dictate whether or not fans can, uh, uh, every, everyone will be comfortable with fans coming in at some level. It would obviously not be what we're all used to, but but having some presence in there would, would be great if it's if it's workable at the at the right time. For sure. Well, unfortunately, you know, COVID made a huge impact, especially financially, on Purdue athletics, uh, dating all the way back to last March. Um, talk about this in August. You guys la- uh, launched this more than a game campaign. Talk about that. You know, uh, we and so many others, and I think all of college athletics is feeling a significant financial crunch here as a result of this virus and all that it's taken away from us and, and forced us to really uh, make some really difficult decisions. We've had to make uh, difficult personnel decisions. We, we have done without in lots of other areas to try to uh, put ourselves in a position that we can be solvent through this, this whole year. Uh, but even with all the different actions that we took, it was clear that that wasn't going to be enough to solve the problem in and of itself. There just weren't enough uh, levers I could pull to, to get ourselves to a solvent position. Uh, so that's why we launched the More Than a Game campaign. Uh, and I, and, I'm, and I'm, I couldn't be more pleased with the response that we've gotten from the Purdue community. Uh, they've recognized the reality of our situation. I think they recognize that over many years, you know, we're not uh, sort of, we, we don't spend thoughtlessly you know we're, we're very careful with our resources we try to be really good stewards of the resources that we do get um, and if we if we say we've got a problem it's a legitimate problem it's not it's not cutting into just fat and fluff it's cutting into muscle and bone and uh, you know we want we want our program to come out the other side of this virus experience strong and ready to compete and not be handicapped by having to take on debt or uh, you know really have this turn into a multi-year problem so again, the, the more than a game campaign is our effort to uh, to try to fill that 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 hole that uh, is otherwise unfillable at this point. And uh, while we've made good progress and we continue to make good progress, there's there's room yet to go. And uh, but I'm confident. I, I think our fans and our and our our people, the Purdue people, they get it. They understand. They want to be supportive. You know, some of them are dealing with their own tough circumstances, but those that are in a position to help have 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 helped, and I think we'll continue to help as as we work to. Uh, again, keep ourselves in, in a really good spot. And uh, you know, fortunately for us, you know, I think you've, you've seen sort of the cut both ways sword here. The people in our league, and for instance, that have the, you know, the 100,000 seat football stadiums, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, uh, you know, the impact of losing game days for them, uh, while it's significant for us, for sure, it's millions for us, tens of millions. For them, it's, uh, it's even more significant. It's, you know, it's 50 to 75, in some cases, almost $100 million. And, you know, those are staggering numbers to try to figure out how to mitigate uh, in the course of a year while you're sort of in motion. Uh, that's, it's almost an impossible puzzle to solve. Ours is daunting for sure, uh, but maybe not quite as challenging as some of our colleagues. And that's a, and I feel for them. I mean, it's, a, it's these are not easy, easy times. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at our finances literally every day to determine sort of where we are and projecting how we might be able to get through this. Yeah. You, you mentioned the, the revenue from game day. Obviously we have games now, no fans, only uh, a family. Um, so while helpful, I would assume still only a minimal impact of helping 
or is there a lot from uh, media revenue from television games? Well, the, the, the media rights deal is, is a really important piece of, of our revenues for sure. And, uh, and that's not anywhere near 100%. I mean, we, we lost games and we, so our, you know, our, our media partners lost the opportunity to, to provide uh, the inventory to their, you know, to, to their broadcast and distribution outlets. So, you know, by definition, I think it's a pretty, it's a sort of a math problem. You lose 20% or 30% of your games, you're going to, you're going to have a reduction in your media rights. And those are real, real dollars and, and significant dollars. So, uh, you know, we're hopeful that it will stay uh, in a, in a reasonably good place, uh, but that's all dependent on us being able to play uh, uh, the rest of our football season as it's currently scheduled to be able to play basketball as it's currently scheduled and uh, those are the things that neither one of us can know at this point, Adam. We can, we can hope, and, and we're all hoping, but uh, we can't know that for sure. Right. You mentioned the response has been good so far. Can you talk about the progress? I believe you guys updated uh, pretty recently that the goal is at least $18 million Yes. Yep. where we're at so far. Yeah, I think you know, we, when, we, when we did that, that recent update uh, communication piece, we said that we had raised more than $5 million. I think we're, you know, we're closing in on six at this point, so we're continuing to uh, – you know, to make what, what, is, what is good progress. But, you know, when you've still got two thirds of the way to go, it's, uh, there, you know, there's room, there's room that, uh, and work that needs, needs to be done, room to improve and, and, and in progress we, we will continue to push hard to make, again, with the hope of containing this thing to just this year, if we can help it. For sure. Of course, we know Boilermakers, We've got a great fan base, great alumni, and of course, the John Purdue Club that plays a significant impact in this. So, it's kind of a call out for all of us to, to join together and help this. One other thing I want to hit on this, you know, it's called more than a game and it's because it is because we, you know, we want to put the emphasis on student athlete and, yes. and the monies that don't come from um, outside, you know, sources to the, for the student athletes. And then also uh, one thing I really love from the, uh, the, the, the video put out in August um, is, you know, like people like Tyler Trent, you know, and I thought that was so, awesome, but also important that you included things like that in that video to show that it's more than just what happens in between the lines or, you know, final score on a scoreboard, but there's so much uh, more to that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, and, that's, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, Adam. That's a, that's a great point, and that was, that's really the focus of, of what we've done. When, when competition was uncertain, when the ability to even practice was uncertain, you know, we still had a commitment to our student-athletes that we made when they came to Purdue that we were going to do everything in our power to number one, provide them a great academic experience to give them a, a Purdue education, which is a you know, tremendous quality and, and, and uh, great value to them. But beyond that, to help them develop as young people in every way to, to, to have career opportunities, personal development opportunities, ways to engage uh, in the issues that arose in our country during this, during this summer, to be able to have productive ways to express themselves and to be part of, part of positive change, you know, so all of that has been a great emphasis for us. And we've continued to provide medical support and mental health support and nutrition support and academic advising and support. So all those things, none of that went away, even though competition wasn't what we were used to and it was definitely reduced. All those commitments were things that we didn't want to back off on at all. And we haven't, you know, we've, we've lived up to every bit of that. In fact, our engagement with our athletes uh, and their, their participation in, in our sort of value-added programming, all those personal and career development opportunities has been the highest it's been in ever. And so uh, hopefully that, that's a trend that will continue once we move post-virus here. But uh, you know, we've, we've really focused on that. And, and, and those are things that, uh, that are really being helped by this more than a game campaign. And, 
and I think will will pay great benefits for our young people in years for years to come. Right on. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for kind of explaining that. Go more in depth on that. Yeah. Also, I did I did mention Tyler Trent a couple years into your uh, tenure here. Uh, the big impact that he made. Talk about just the impact and and the publicity Purdue got from uh, Tyler Trent's just amazing story. Yeah, you know Tyler is is a young man who uh, you know it's one in a I, I I can't tell you how many that were who have who have such a special quality about him and a selflessness and an an ability to be concerned for you know the future of so many others beside himself even though. You know, when he knew that his situation was was in dire straits, where he, you know, there there was no real hope that he would have a, an extended ability to be with us. You know, his focus completely turned on how do I spread the word so that others in in, in a similar circumstance can be best helped. And that's, uh, I mean, that is just a unique mindset and a maturity beyond way beyond his years and. In, you know, in a perspective and, and, and all that, that we all, I think I, to this day, I envy that, how, how he gets there, how he got there and, you know, at, at his young age is, is just an amazing thing. Uh, you know, and, and his connection to, to athletics is, you know, his, his love for, for, for Purdue sports and his, his connection to particularly our football program uh, was something very, very special. And, and, and it's hard to, it's hard to actually imagine that, you know, that Ohio State game back in 2018 and, uh, you know, all that happened that, that sort of came together in such a unique way on national television with, you know, with, with his participation and his, his influence that evening, that, that there, was, there wasn't something special that was just an ingredient that uh, was going to be hard to beat that night. And, uh, you know, I, all of us that saw, watched that were part of it. Uh, I, you know, fortunate, I was fortunate enough to be, to be in the stadium and to feel it. Uh, it, it was a it was a moment that uh, I don't think anyone will ever forget, and uh, we all we all owe him and continue to owe him a debt of gratitude uh, for the the way he elevated the, the cause of pediatric cancer and and the, and the money that continues to be raised in his memory and to sort of honor his legacy is uh, is a great thing and will be helpful to so many others in, in the years to come. Awesome, yeah. And one other way you guys honored him was the the T two gate there, the student gate. Talk about the significance of doing that. Yeah, you know, again, he's, uh, you know, he's so, he was such a symbol of, of hope and, and sort of that Boilermaker spirit of perseverance and grit. And, and you know, we, 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 we wrestled with what's the, what's the right way to, uh, to keep that legacy with us for, for years to come. And I think, uh, you know, that, that embodies the, the Purdue student, student spirit in, in so many ways. And, you know, and having his, his, his presence uh, at the gate where the students enter for, for generations to come is, I think, a great reminder to all of us uh, and to our students uh, as to how to, live, how to live a life and how to, uh, how to be concerned for, for things beyond yourself. And you know, we thought it was a really appropriate gesture and uh, we were fortunate to have great partners join with us in helping that gate come together. And I think it's awesome. I mean, it really, I, I still, you know, at all times, I still see people visiting campus, even in this time, taking pictures in front of that gate, in front of the plaque. And uh, it's meaningful to lots, lots of Purdue people yeah. and others too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even people outside the Purdue community, a yeah. uh, really cool thing you guys did out there. So I, you know, I, as a, a friend of the family, I just really appreciate all the love and support you've given to the, to the Trent family. It's really cool. Well, uh, outside of the challenges of, of COVID-19, I was kind of curious to kind of get your uh, thoughts on kind of the state of Purdue sports, whether it be 
you know, on the playing field or facilities, kind of where you feel you guys are at as a university? Sure. Uh, I, I would say this, Adam. I think from a facilities perspective, there are always things you want to get done and you want to accomplish. So that's, that's sort of a never-ending uh, list of, of opportunities to continue to uh, improve. And we've got men's and women's basketball locker room projects that we want to get done. There are video board projects out at baseball and softball we want to get done. Uh, we, we were fortunate to unveil the new video board uh, in Ross-Aid to, uh, to 800 screaming fans on Saturday. <laughs> uh, but, but it did its part. It looked awesome. And uh, I just can't wait for, for others and, uh, you know, for a full stadium to be able to experience that. Uh, but, but, but there are, there are other things for, for sure that we'd like to get done. And obviously the Ross aid project was one that we were in the planning stages on before this uh, virus came up, came upon us and really put, put on, put that on the shelf for, for lots of good reasons and appropriate reasons at this point, you know, our focus is on keeping our department together right now. Uh, but, but the desire to continue to improve Ross aid and to make it a place that really provides a tremendous home field advantage and is a stadium that will, be serviceable and, and, and attractive and, 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 again, be a great place to compete and attract, attract both fans and players uh, to for years to come is, is still there for us. And once we, once we emerge from all this, you know, that project will once again be, be front burner for us. And uh, just I can't predict when that might be, but it, but it will be there at, a, at some point in time. In general, though, I, beyond the facility side of things, I would tell you I, I like where our program's going. I think there's a sense of of positive and forward movement and momentum. Uh, uh, I, we've got a group of coaches that I believe, uh, you know, have, have a great sense of pride and belief in what we can accomplish here at Purdue athletically. You know, we're fortunate to be able to attract just terrific young people here. They're, they're, they're so well balanced. They've got great, great perspective. Uh, they, they've got substance to them. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, I, I believe you win with people like that. Young people of character, are, are at the end of the day will will ultimately be very very successful and so I think you know we've got programs that are headed towards great great success in the years ahead and I, and I and I would tell you just a couple of them that are that were relocated from the fall uh, our volleyball program our women's soccer program I think both of those are poised to be really really successful yeah. years ahead uh, volleyball has been good for a long time I think that you know they've got a they've got a gym full of young ladies right now that are really talented and, mm. and really together as a team and I think uh, they're, they're in line for do some special things. Our, our women's soccer program, I think, has built to a point now where we believe we're going to compete for, for postseason and, and, and Big Ten championships in the years ahead. Uh, so, you know, really good fall sport things happening. Again, the basketballs, I mean, we all know about them. They're, they're, they're going to they're continue to be really good. I, I think our men, you know, obviously we, we weren't great last year as we were the year before, but we've got, you know, we've got a team with no seniors on the men's side. And so we're – you know, this this is a team that's going to be able to grow together for some period of time, and that's going to be exciting to watch because I I've been fortunate to go down and watch practice, and it's it is very competitive in in the gym right now. I mean, you know, all those all those talented guards that we've got, you know, they can count. They know they you know they know you can only play five guys at a time. There's only so many minutes to go around, so the competition is is intense and it's fun to watch. Awesome. You know, in the spring. You know, I won't talk about them all, but I think our baseball team is, you know, really, really developing a really nice talent base. Softball last year was off to a really positive start. I think they're moving in a really good direction. So I'm excited about some of you know, some of our spring sport programs and our track and fields have been, you know, really good the last several years. You know, a sport you don't hear about that much, but uh, 
you know, we've got some really, really great and, and national level athletes in our track and field program. So lots of, lots of good things happening. And uh, we just want to get back to business where we can have complete seasons, full seasons. And, uh, you know, again, that's, that's beyond our control, but we can't wait for that day to come. Yeah, definitely a lot of excitement. And uh, I was hoping to get up to a baseball game last year. I think there's a lot of excitement around that program. Like you mentioned, I had Greg Goff on the podcast last spring. It's really yeah. hoping to get up to a game before everything uh, ended up going sideways on us uh, last spring. But really excited about what Coach Goff is uh, doing with the baseball baseball team up there. Now, I also just want to say kudos to you and, and, and everybody up there involved in the athletic department. It seems like, from my perspective anyway, fan engagement, social, whether it's you know going to games or you know the uh, activity on uh, engagement on social media, to me seems to be at an all-time high. So you know, keep up the good work up there with that as well. Well, oh, thanks, Adam. And that's, that's been a focus of ours uh, is to try to, you know, be, a, be accessible, be available, and, and really show some of the energy and the excitement that, that exists here at Purdue. I, you know, we've got so many good things. We've got so many talented people that are working hard uh, on our behalf and, and, and trying to, to build a successful program. To, to, to best tell that story is, is absolutely a goal of ours and to make it available to people in, in whatever forms and mediums we can. We try to we try to be as good as we can at that, and I think we've gotten better. There's obviously, always room to to, uh, to improve, but uh, I think we're in a better place than maybe we had been for, for a while. Yeah, and another thing that I, I've noticed has trended up since uh, since you come on board, and this is not a slight on anybody before you in any means, but uh, last the uh, current you can correct me by this wrong current four year average graduation success rate for your student athletes is at eighty six percent with a ninety three percent career placement right talk about just the importance again emphasize the student athlete uh, putting the student yeah you know first. we're really really pleased with the progress and and then this was this was coming i mean you know we, we've been good academically for a long time and 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 under morgan burke's leadership we were we were moving in a direction of, of improvement and progress and, and and getting our numbers to a really good place in fact i think our graduation rate next year will be like 88 i mean it's it's really it's really coming to it. You know, we're, we're, we want to get to 90 and then, and then they go beyond 90. That's our, that's our goal. Uh, because when you bring a young person here, that is ultimately the objective is to, is to have them graduate with a degree from Purdue. And um, you know, that, that's, that, that's a tremendous value to them for a lifetime. And so the better we can be at that, uh, you know, that, then, then we're fulfilling our obligation and our, our commitment to them when we, when we brought them here. So I'm, I'm really pleased with the, with the progress. Lots of people work hard at that. Our coaches, our, our academic support folks, our student athletes take it seriously. They they invest in that, uh, you know, and they and they're and they're expected to. I mean, that's not you know you don't you don't come to Purdue to be a student athlete to think you're going to mail it in on the academic side. That's not that's not the way it works here. It's 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 a it's part of our fabric and who we are, and and we don't we don't run from that. We're we're proud of it. It's 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 a it's a source of pride for us. And uh, and and last spring, for instance, uh, our student athlete grade point average was three point four five highest ever in fact it exceeded the general student body by a, a couple percentage points which i think was the first time in history that that had ever happened so uh, again our, our our young people hold up their end of the bargain academically and we're we're really proud of that you mentioned uh, the late morgan burke just talk about you know taking what he's built and building upon that and what you learn uh, learn from him yeah and then that's exactly what my thought was when, when i was fortunate enough to be able to come to purdue is to walk into a place that had a tremendous foundation in place that Morgan over many years had, 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 had led and, 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 and put, uh, 
put the, put the pillars, uh, you know, right, right where they needed to be. And, and, and for me, it was about trying to take that, build on the very best of it and find opportunities to, to get better in areas that maybe we hadn't uh, been able to focus on for a variety of reasons or that have just evolved recently. So I, I am incredibly appreciative of that, of the mindset that had been, been developed here, of the, of the soundness of the priorities that, that Morgan and, and, our, and our whole department operated under. That's, uh, couldn't have asked for it to be any better. The stage was set and uh, it's our job to carry it now to the next, you know, sort of that next level of success. And we're, we're working hard. It's not easy. We're, 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 not, we're working hard to do that each and every day. Great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, quickly, I want to hit on uh, next week, an important week across our nation. Of course, we obviously got the presidential election along with local uh, elections as well. Um, talk about Purdue's um, involvement in this and uh, talking about the get out the vote, you guys have used Twitter and, and, and athletes there to talk about the importance of get out the vote and then also the announcement of uh, no practices, no events on election day, the moratorium there, along with Mackey Arena being available as a, a voting site. Talk about why Purdue thought that was important to get uh, the voice out and important. Sure. I mean, our student athletes, I think, wanted to, uh, this is just one of the elements that I think they wanted to be impactful in. Uh, the, the Big Ten began a uh, you know, a voting initiative. And one of the elements of that early on was surveying your current athletes to find out what percentage of them had, were already registered to vote. And, uh, you know, we had a surprisingly, a really strong percentage and, and we've, you know, we but but even beyond that, we've continued to really push that as, as the, as the very best way in our democracy to express yourself is to vote is to not be left behind uh, on, on election days. And, uh, and our, and our young people have taken that to heart. Uh, they've, you know, they've continued to, to tell that story and to, and to really uh, communicate that message out there, not only within their own, within their peer groups, but, but beyond in the broader community. And, and, and as a further piece of supporting that, you know, we inquired early on about the possibility of using Mackey. And we went through the election board and all that, and I got a favorable response. And you know, the early voting day, uh, we had an incredible volume of people excuse me, that uh, we're able to come out and vote. And we expect the same on election day next week. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy place. And again, we just wanted that, you know, Mackey Arena is such an iconic spot and is sort of just further demonstrate our support for people getting out and voting. We wanted to have such a recognizable, you know, landmark mm -hmm. space be used as a voting, uh, as a voting uh, place. And I think it was, it was a positive and, and good move. Yeah, especially just also that accessibility. I mean, for a lot of students and athletes up there, unless you're maybe a, a senior or a grad student, this is probably your first election, your first major election, at least anyway. So just really cool that you guys have made that accessibility available for that. Exactly. It's not, it's not like a, it's not a polling place that anybody has to wonder where the heck it is. Everybody, everybody knows where Mackey is. So that, that's, that was one of the really good benefits. Awesome. Well, I think you, I know we're kind of going along here. I just want to wrap this up. A couple of fun questions for you. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, just I'm curious your favorite moment uh, in uh, Purdue sports since joining uh, Purdue University. Wow, wow, there, there, there's <laughs> been a couple of them. Um, Feel free to name a few. If, I, well, I you know that Ohio State game we talked about it already. Yeah. Uh, that that's one that I think everybody uh, sort of has that as, as a highlight and, and and hard to top for mm -hmm. all that went into that. Uh, and then you think back a little bit to the uh, men's basketball. Two years ago, uh, down in Louisville, in the in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight game, you know, two of the two of the just best college basketball games you'll ever see one team play over a weekend. It was uh, 
I mean, just the and beyond the game itself, the turnout of the Purdue fan base uh, down in Louisville. I mean, we literally took over the city. Uh, we took over the the Yum Center. I mean, it was it was it was Mackey Arena reincarnated in a you know in a in a different place. I mean, it was it was an amazing environment and just this tremendous outpouring of uh, of, of Purdue pride and, and support. Uh, I mean, those are moments that to, to this day, they're just, they're just really special. You can't, uh, you know, I don't take it for granted. I don't think anybody should take it for granted. Those, they don't happen by accident. Those, you know, people have to want to have to really be invested in something to, to show up and be part of uh, those kind of moments. But boy, were they, were they exciting? And, and again, to me, set the stage for, for more of those kinds of opportunities down the road where we will be, we will be in those environments again, and uh, now that we know and have a taste for what it feels like, you know, the next time we, we, we'll finish the job. And I think on the football side of things, we're going to have more nights like that and more, more opportunities to have big time, high impact games uh, and, and hopefully come out on the right side of it. But those, those moments are in our future. I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's wrap it up on this. Uh, just something also that just recently happened this week. I know you grew up, you were a big baseball player yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, Thoughts? You watch the World Series. You still uh, stay tuned in. I do. I lo- I love playoff baseball. I mean, Major League Baseball at playoff time is is really, really, really good. Every 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 pitch, every at bat, every everything matters, and uh, intensity just really ramps up. And uh, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed. It. I thought the uh, the quality of baseball, the excitement of some of the games, uh, was a, was a really good thing for the sport. You know, for for just the sport of baseball. I think it was. It was entertaining to watch. The games moved along, and uh, uh, I, th- I think it was a really just good stretch of time for, for for baseball in general. And I hope that continues to carry over in the years ahead. But I I, I really did get it. I had no rooting interest. I'm not a Dodgers guy. I'm not a Rays guy. I just I like good baseball, and uh, and I and I thought there was lots of it played here during these last few weeks. So it was it was great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, as anybody who listens to the podcast, they know I'm a big Braves fan. So I was a little disappointed the week before when we lost uh, in the seven-game series against the Dodgers. Yeah. But uh, kudos to the Dodgers. I thought they really deserved it. You're, you're from New York, right? Are you a, a Yankees guy? You know what? I'm not. I was a, um, you know, when you're growing up in New York, you got to be one or the other. You got to be Yankees <laughs> or Mets. Everybody else was a Yankees guy when I was a kid. So I went Mets. I was a contrarian. Okay. I went Mets and then Red Sox on the American League side. Okay. And there was a reason for that. I mean, Red Sox, uh, you know, where I did, we, we got all their games over the air television from right, right across the Long Island Sound. Plus, Carl Yastrzemski, who grew up not far from me, uh, happened to have a similar ethnic background as, as I did, um, was, was a great player for the Red Sox back in those days. And, and so I, I, I love Carl as a player. And on the Mets side, I love Tom Seaver as a player. And, uh, those those were the guys that really got me hooked into those teams. And, you know, while the Red Sox have delivered some really good moments over the years, the Mets have been abysmal for, for a long time. So, you know, while I still pay a little bit of attention, I, they've dis- disappointed me so many times. It's hard, it's hard to stay connected to them at this point. Well, as a Braves fan in the NL East, I'm okay with the Mets struggles for, <laughs> for a little bit long. I but, hear you. Uh, no, that's awesome. I, I love it. Thank you uh, for, for, for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was it was a great series. Uh, great. Uh, I'm glad they were able to get the get the season in, and they I thought they did it pretty well. I mean, I thought the NBA has done it the best with the bubble. Yeah. You know, you can't do that when you have all 30 some teams you know involved in, in football or, or baseball. Yeah. But good right. to see you know these leagues taking the measures and able to give us fans something still to to root for for sure. 
I agree. I agree, Adam. Awesome. Well, Mike, I, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you. Anything else that uh, I didn't ask that you wanted to, to get out there? No, I think we covered most of, uh, you know, what's, what's happened at this point in time. I, again, I appreciate the opportunity and to, just to, to tell a little bit of what's, what's going on. It's, uh, it's, you know, like for everybody in our, in our world, this has been a really unusual set of circumstances. We, uh, we have done our best to, to deal with it as it, as it comes. And that's, that's about all you can do. You know, every time you try to plan two or three days or a week out, you know, you get overcome by the next set of circumstances, yeah. but you know, that's, we've all learned to be flexible, to be adaptable and, and if you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do very well in these circumstances. So I think it's been a hard way to go for lots of people in our, in our coaches are creatures of habit, of routine, of structure. And when they don't have those three things, you know, they, they get, they get anxious. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm proud of our folks. They've, they, they have, you know, they have fought against the urge to try to know the unknowable and, um, and, and have just done the very best with, with whatever they can get done that, that next day. And, uh, and that's, that, that's, that's the best you can do at this point in time. For sure, yeah. We've got some great leadership up there under President Daniels and the, and the protect, sorry, protect Purdue uh, plan up there as well to help us yeah. keep going in the right direction. I assume other universities are do, doing this as well, at least you hope. And hopefully, yeah, we continue to, to trend in the right direction and hopefully get to see all these uh, sports eventually come back. I'm with you. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Mike, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right, Adam. Thank you. Take care. Right. Boiler up. Yes, sir. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.